Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. Hey, this is Josh. It is Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. Almost mid-form of Halloween. Almost Thursday the 13th. Mm, that's so close. close. Yeah, it's pretty good still. I mean, you could watch a Friday the 13th movie closer to midnight and pretend that it was almost a thing, you know? Yeah, it's the same thing. It's basically, it's basically good. Have you been watching any good Halloween horror type-ish stuff? I'm never going to hit 31 in a month. <laughs> But, God, not to talk about TV or TV in quotes, but, mm. of course, I've been watching The Midnight Club from mm. Mike Flanagan. With the most jump scares ever, I'm told. Yeah, it's interesting, though, because it's a little bit meta because it's kids telling stories. So that specific reference, I think, is a kid tells like a scary Japanese ring kind of story. Okay. And one of the characters actually goes like, oh, come on. <laughs> so, But it's really good. Mike Flanagan's great. It's a shame that he got put in movie jail, yeah. but thankfully he can keep making these awesome TV shows. Yeah, and I've heard that this one is also accessible to like, not necessarily kids, but younger audiences too, Like, but still enjoyable for adults. Yeah, because the last one was great, but the last one was heavy. Mm. Not to spoil anything, but it was heavy it was so good all of his shows tend to have really heavy parts (laughs) that's true and i say that this one isn't as heavy and it is about a bunch of teenagers who all have cancer and are Uh, about to die and they're at a communal group oh god so they're having a goonies like adventure but they've all got death looming so that's light for mike flanagan i don't want to watch that why why are you doing he seems like such a nice guy yeah he's everyone raves about him you know but uh, and they discover his movies way too late to support them at the box office but still have you seen dr sleep has like a three-hour cut yeah the director's cut i gotta see that it's i haven't so seen good. that yeah i mean it's that's kind of the version of it he kind of considers that to be the one you know because the studio balked at putting out a three-hour it might be even a bit over three hours actually a little over but yeah no that's like kind of the definitive cut not to make anyone feel bad if they saw the theatrical cut but which is so weird because everything is long nowadays mm-hmm. and we just happen to notice that the new rob zombie the monsters which we can't watch yet <laughs> is nearly two hours long. Yeah, we're not allowed to watch the new Hellraiser. We're not allowed to watch the new Monsters. If you're in Canada, you kind of just get what you get when you get it. Someone tweeted and asked if we could get Scary Clown Part 2. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh Oh, uh, Terrifier. Terrifier Part 2. I was going to say It Part 2. I was <laughs> no, like, no. That was like years ago, <laughs> so this person's a little far behind. Because the producer or the director put out a tweet saying, hey, get your local cinema to request it. So some horror nerd here in town said, we want this to the Mayfair. Yeah. And I replied <laughs> that it's on the radar, sure. but I'm pretty sure it doesn't have Canadian theatrical distribution no it's very it's a limited like bloody disgusting it was putting it out in the states they kind of they produced it i think and so it was at like 600 screens or maybe even like up to 900 which is pretty amazing for, that is, for yeah. a low budget movie but here's the thing that movie's two and a half hours long why is that two and a half yeah, hours long? it's a slasher movie like i saw the first one and it was it was what it was i don't know it's a cool character like the clown is cool like it's fun and he's been in uh, a couple of uh, the all hollows eve one and two uh, horror anthologies okay yeah so like that's where he started out as this creepy clown you know and so now so like apparently it is quite good and qu- well for that kind of movie you know, like very gory and and lots of fun kills and all that but yeah it's like two hours and 20 minutes something like that apparently it is good but i'm just like how can you justify that how could we even play that here i don't really i want to but that's long 
Well, then the person who asked the question replied to me and said, oh, yeah, the producer said that it's not available in Canada. <laughs> Why and did I was you like, bury the lead on that? Yeah. And so I said, oh, OK, then. Well, there's your answer. Sorry. That's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. So he thought that like you had inside info or, or yeah, like the maker powers. was above the law. <laughs> yeah. It is the kind of place it would play if it played in Ottawa. That or, I mean, as we've seen before, something like AMC in Canada or South Keys or some weird middle of nowhere thing. Yeah, and I noticed last night we came to see Nope. Oh, you finally saw it. Oh, I loved it. I don't even want to say anything about it because I genuinely went in knowing who was in the movie, mm -hmm. that there was like a scene at some kind of what I thought was some kind of Calgary stampede kind of place, <laughs> which was kind of wrong. Kind of, kind of. ish And that it was Jordan Peele. Right. And that the poster had a horse on it that was flying through the air. And that there may be aliens involved. I assume you had an inkling. You didn't even know about that? That's even a spoiler. I didn't know that. I, I swear. Okay. That's I, why I didn't say it. Yeah, because I didn't see a trailer. I yeah. didn't see nothing because I didn't go to the multiplexes. I didn't see anything. So I didn't know what I thought it was going to be about. <laughs> you knew there was a floating cow. Yeah, like the poster, so I thought you've seen the poster. That was gonna be, a, I guess. I don't know why. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, where would you think? You're like uh, your <laughs> brain. You wouldn't even allow your brain to figure that I out. You're like floating cow I twister. I don't know. Blinders on. It's not a cow. It's a horse on the poster. Uh, oh my bad. Why did I keep thinking it was a cow? I've seen the movie and I still thought it was a cow. Because the horses play an integral part, and this is not a spoiler. But I just spent the whole time going, "Oh, I don't want Lucky the horse to get hurt." That's all I did. <laughs> I didn't care if people were getting hurt. Right. Anyhow, I won't say much about the plot, but I will just say I'm so impressed with Jordan Peele that he makes these really big screen, surround sound kind of fun movies that are horror, sci-fi, tributes to comics. But like any good horror movie, if I'm going to call it that, it's just the characters that matter. Like yeah. in Scream, you did not want those characters to die. When you're watching a generic slasher movie, you're just waiting for the next interesting jump scare like or Terrifier 2, perhaps. Probably, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just really impressed with Jordan. I just think he's doing I think he's doing a good job. Yeah, and well and also his movies leave you thinking about them for weeks afterwards and try yeah. to sort of figure them out. You get the outline, but then there's stuff where you're just sort of like, okay, so this part, you know, because and especially that one, like, I mean, no spoilers, but just, you know, it starts off kind of jarringly and you're like, what's going on? How is this yeah, going to work yeah. into what's happening? And then sort of goes back and forth a little bit in time. It's interesting because like, yeah, you kind of you get the outlines. You can enjoy his movies as a spectacle or just as a straightforward story. But then the more you kind of dissect them and you're at least for me, you know, once I get to the end of not as much get out but like his other two you're just sort of like okay like i get it but also i feel like there's a bunch of parts i don't get yet <laughs> yeah and fast forward like 60 seconds if you don't want a spoiler but i don't think this is a spoiler but we'll see go go 60 seconds but the flashback of the kid working on the sitcom mm -hmm. real art house but i think that represents like he was in a situation where an animal went wrong. And then in his adult life, he didn't learn anything because yeah. he was kind of abusing animals and still. he's still trying to like tame it or whatever. Yeah, like so that's yeah. kind of what that flashback meant. Yeah, for sure. And, and just the fact that he like every time he talks about it, he separates himself from that situation, you know, and it's just kind of. And that's yeah. way more art house than most mainstream summer blockbuster kind of movies yeah and i you know i thought it was that story device of using a 80s sitcom i thought was so cool like just so unexpected for me i was just not that's not what i thought i was gonna see and then i was i don't know it's just i think maybe it's just because we grew up in that era too like there's yeah. just sort of a 
a weirdness to to that kind of thing you know like being in a full house type of show or whatever you want to call it yeah i just really like and it's so everything in there was so original and with a lot of tips of the hats to various things Mm -hmm. but just the actors were great i love how david kaluuya was so kind of just chill daniel daniel sorry Daniel, David's his uh, less talented brother. (laughs) (laughs) Still good. Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah, he's so good. And I like that he, from what I understand, he had to like make this Sophie's Choice and pass on doing Black Panther 2 to do Nope. And I'm like, oh, that's a hard choice because I'm sure Black Panther 2 is going to be great. But this is kind of cool to do an original screenplay in the Hollywood system. Yeah, I mean, uh, on the one hand, it's not really a hard choice if he's set for money. Basically, like, I mean, you sure it'd be cool to be in like a big budget Marvel type thing. But I mean, I don't know, 11 times out of 10, I would pick the Jordan Peele. What's it going to be movie personally? And then Jordan Peele is... In, along with Key, it seems that Key and Peele only work together in cartoons nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Is in the new Henry Selleck. I just found out about that last night. I did too. And I thought I found out about it and they were going to be like, next Halloween. <laughs> but this shows you how weird Netflix is with their publicity. It's this Halloween. Yeah. And it's another example of, can we play that? <laughs> yeah, like, cause it's, isn't it out in like a week or like a week and a half or something? It's like right that? before Halloween. It's October 28th. Okay. Which kind of is bad timing for us <laughs> because, well, maybe not, but that's our Rocky Horror Weekend. But maybe theoretically, if they would let us screen it, we could play it for like matinees on yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday or something. That's what I was thinking. Like, that seems from the trailer like it would be a perfect matinee type flake. God, that'd be fun. Okay, I'm going to look into that. Yeah. Because Henry Selleck is a master, and it's so great to see him do another feature. Mm -hmm. It is the frustration now where Amazon, Disney, Netflix has all the money, so they're getting these really cool filmmakers and just going... Do whatever you want. Well, and I almost, I don't want to say it, but I almost think that it only got made because Peel got interested and involved. Because, like, Salak, yeah. I mean, he's a genius, but also he's like a, you know, a Romero or, or you know, someone like that who's just not yeah. getting the money, even though he should be. And then, so you need almost a little bit like what Tarantino did, I guess, when he would lend his name to stuff or get involved with stuff. And you're yeah. just like, oh, oh, we know him. He's still popular, you know? Sure, here's some money, more important guy. Which is great if Jordan is that for this generation of, yeah, nerd cinema definitely because i looked it up and not a marvel style blockbuster but in this age of covid multiplex cinema it cost 65 million and oh, wow. made 170 million that doesn't include that there's so much focus now of what it's going to get on streaming and that sort of thing so mm-hmm. but more than doubling its budget for a movie that weird i think is quite good yeah, well, and, and kind of, and to bring it back to Terrifier 2, it's made, I think, almost $2 million, which doesn't sound like a lot at all, but that movie was probably like 100000 maybe, or right. maybe even maybe 500000 at most, but, but basically, like, it's already more than made a profit, and that's just a complete indie financed everything type of thing, and it's, I mean, it's not going to be for everyone, but I mean, it's always, I don't know, we, we like success stories and seeing, like, oh, the yeah. little guy pull off something like that especially when you're in a, a world where movies are getting written off and not even being released at all oh, so sad <laughs> so <laughs> they keep on leaking photos and they leaked a picture of old man bruce wayne at the gotham something gotham <laughs> he's outside the police station yeah. or the mayor's office or something and he just looks so cool and <laughs> i'm so sad that we're not going to get to see this and i still you know we live in a world of nerd miracles so i still 
hold off hope that the CEO of Warner Brothers gets canned and somebody cool walks in and goes, yeah, let's release this. Yeah, and it's and, and we are supposed to get Keaton in the Flash movie, right? Like, yes. I believe. So it's kind of sad that we're hoping for the movie where the main star is a big jerk. And, you know, so like that's the thing. Like you can't win either way. You're like, oh, we want to watch this one that's <laughs> yeah. like cool and diverse. And we're like, no, that doesn't exist anymore. Like, okay, well, we want to see Keaton, but now... <laughs> now this... Blah. I don't want to make light of this whole situation, but I was just reminded that the star in question who is running around doing bad things <laughs> was the kid in We Need to Talk About Kevin. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that is hilariously ironic. I know. And so now it's like, <laughs> we need to talk about this guy. Oh, my God. And I completely forgot that, that that was his breakthrough role Wow. in a movie about a kid with nice suburban parents who starts doing bad things yeah. and everyone's in denial. And now if it's like Warner brothers is the parents and they're in denial. And so they try to tell us. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's, you know, maybe not funny. Ha ha, oh. but interesting. Wow. That's fascinating. It's, it always blows my mind when they're, cause just so many times child actors or, you know, younger actors, whatever you want to say, just kind of, do a couple things and disappear, more or less. Yeah. Because I mean, it's, it's hard. It's a difficult world. There's thousands of actors vying for roles, you know? And yeah. so when you do find something where you're like, oh, wow, you know, the kid from E.T. is Drew Barrymore or something like that. I don't know. I mean... And it's, it's rare because, like, you look at E.T., Drew Barrymore and Henry Thomas both seem to hang in there mm -hmm. where Drew was a superstar for a while and is now still in the system and now she's doing talk shows, but... Yeah. And Henry Thomas is doing all kinds of cool character actor stuff. But you look at, like, Say Goonies. God, who's the most successful out of Goonies? Probably, uh... Like Brolin? Oh, or... yeah. Josh Brolin. I, mean, I, I, I always think, because he's like an older Goonie. But, yeah. And then, uh, what's his name, who's on Stranger Things and Lord of the Rings? Like, yeah. he, he did fine. Yeah, yeah, true. And Sliders, you know, like, he was in that, right? He was not in no, that. No, he wasn't. Okay, my bad. I'm, I'm just jamming he, all these kid actors. That he were... was in Stand By Me. Ah, okay, yes. I kind of combined those two into <laughs> a super movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That'd be a good crossover. Yeah, what a cast in those two movies. <laughs> but yeah, you think about that, and it, it's nice when somebody gets through. Yeah. Uh, it kind of makes me think of, like, we talked about Chucky, the series, before, and it's cool that the kid from those early ones is around still, and, like, I guess wasn't for a bit, from what I can yeah. tell. Like, uh, like, Alex Vincent, I think, might be his name, or I might be totally off, or that's the character's name. Anyway, like, and he's he's in the both seasons, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I, just, I just started season two yesterday. But yeah, it's so cool to me that they're able to bring back pretty much everyone, actually, from that series. People who you haven't thought about. Or, I mean, people who aren't a fan of the series have never thought about. But still, like, it's neat to have that continuity. Yeah, I do like that about modern-day nerd culture in general, where you look at, after Batman 66, Adam West and Burt Ward were like, no, you guys are done. You are Batman and Robin. You can't play a villain or a cowboy yeah. or a whatever. Nowadays... Even though it's within the system, we saw it especially with Mark Hamill, where he's in, besides for Star Wars, in The Sandman. In Corvette Summer. Cor no, maybe modern day, <laughs> okay, modern day. Yeah. He's in all these cool nerd projects. Yeah. And you saw it with Christopher Lee, where Christopher Lee in his 80s was in <laughs> Sleepy Hollow and Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. So it's cool that we're kind of taking care of our own a bit, where once upon a time it was like, Nope. Good news, bad news, Gilligan. You just finished a successful show, but you're never going to not play Gilligan for the rest of your life. Oh, my God. And it's funny you say that because my friend watches a lot of Baywatch because I guess he, there's some channel that just plays Baywatch. that he, Like it's <laughs> yeah. like an app on his TV or whatever. And so he was just telling me yesterday they were watching one with Gilligan and Marianne 
playing themselves. Exactly. That's it was like good news, bad news. You'll make kind of a career for the next thirty years. Yeah. But you'll just be playing Gilligan in a Baywatch or Alf or Full House dream sequence. Well, and it's still it's still nice that like at least Christopher Lee got a nice send off, and some of these actors do. Whereas you know, there's so many like I don't know, like a Bella Lugosi or someone like that. I don't know. Yeah. Where you're just like, oh my god, or uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane, which uh, Betty Davis, I guess it was the one that was in Trog. Right, know, right. Like, you know, where you're just sort of like, oh my god, you deserve so much better of an ending than this. Yeah, and you look at Bruce Campbell, and I think Bruce Campbell has a lot of movies ahead of him, but it's cool that he's doing cameos in the Marvel movies, Mm -hmm. but still doing kind of Bruce-type movies and doing the Ash TV show and doing video games. And so it's a little easier out there for the genre actor, I think. And then a lot of them, whether it's the con circuit or going behind the camera, a bit more opportunity because you look at poor Adam West, where after Batman, he was like working car shows because he couldn't get a job. And this is a guy who was on the biggest TV show for a little while and had the opportunity to be in a James Bond movie and had to pass because he was so exhausted and then to just be thrown out. Yeah, well, and he had that Look Well uh, pilot as well that Conan O'Brien oh, did, Robert so Smigel. <laughs> Amazing. Like, that show would have been so, so good. And I think that really hurt him that that one didn't get picked up. It just, I think it was just a regime change, like, came in and was just like, ah, you know, I'm not doing this. So, But I, I will say, like, a lot of people are kind of down on Family Guy, you know, have been over the years or whatever. You know, I enjoy it for just cartoon comedy. But the fact that they kind of gave him a second career, like playing himself literally on that show for years. Like, I always kind of liked that tip of the hat, you know, that Seth MacFarlane was like, I love that show and I want you involved. And here's this, you know, and like, yeah, you know, it's it, it might be a small gesture, but he didn't need to do that. No, it is nice when people take care of their heroes like that. Yeah. And same thing. Adam West was on the Batman animated series in this really cool character playing a radio superhero that Bruce Wayne was a fan of. Oh, that's fun. Called The Grey Ghost. So that was a really cool kind of tip of the hat. Like a 30s radio show type yeah, thing? Yeah, okay. like, like a like had like cool goggles yeah. and a hat. And <laughs> like, like the shadow, basically. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't call him that, though. <laughs> no, no, Grey Ghost. They never heard of the shadow. No, no. Not the Alec Baldwin version is the only version I like. Oh, Alec Baldwin. No, my I remember my dad telling me about the shadow when I was a kid, and we got him a five cassette thing of it, Ooh. and it remained unopened probably to this <laughs> day. Like not deliberate, but it's just one of those things. I don't know. Dad gifts are hard. I love all those old. Ra- I was just saying the other day that I love. They're doing some modern day Marvel and Batman radio shows, though they're podcasts, but old timers can call them radio shows. Yeah. And they put a lot of work into them and their sound effects and cool actors. And I, I like this weird little twist that podcast has allowed this radio show format to come back. Yeah, definitely. And it reminds me of that Frasier episode where they try to put on the radio show and it just goes terribly yeah. wrong. That's good. Everything can come back to Frasier eventually. Everything. Okay, we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Ooh. So let's start talking about it a little earlier than normal. So here are the movies screening the week of Friday, October 14th, 2022. In the grown-up movie category, we have a new film called Rumba Therapy, which is the story of a dad trying to trying to get close to his daughter by taking dance classes. All right. And is she already in the dance classes and he joins kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. And wackiness ensues. <laughs> so it's a comedy drama? Yeah. It's, mostly comedy? It sounds like one of those British blue collar type of movies, but this one's oh, yeah. French. Oh. France, French. Interesting. And it's one of those crowd pleaser dad trying to win over his daughter <laughs> and 
and she doesn't want him to join the dance oh class. God. And then he becomes a good dancer and shows her. <laughs> He's like, yeah, je danse avec toi. You know. Is it in French? It's in French, yes. Perfect, perfect. So I'll be all over that. Then we have encore screenings of a... Jacko? No, not oh, Jacko. <laughs> That's so weird. Encore screenings of Where the Crawdads Sing, which right. did really well for us. And I think a lot of people requested it make a comeback. Mm-hmm. It's a, God, what is it? Like a, a young adult courtroom drama? Uh, yeah, I think like Exorcism of Emily Rose, but nothing like that. No exorcisms. <laughs> no Emily Rose, but they got the crawdads. There better be crawdads in the movie, I'll tell you that much. But I read this just in kind of pulling quotes to put on our website for the listing for this film. The book is like one of the best-selling books of all time. Wow. Like, not of the year, of yeah. all time. I don't, under, and I had never heard of it until I saw the trailer or a poster or something like months ago, like a couple, just randomly at the theater. And I'm like, what the hell is this? I think it also shows that the best selling book of all time might be like 10 million copies. Yeah. And then 10 million to movie tickets. Even if you round it down and say, like, you know, 10 million times 10, that's only $100 million. Yeah. And the Bible doesn't count because they're just giving those out, too. Yeah. You so, can get mean, those wherever. Yeah. That's not a sale. Is this the one that has the Taylor Swift song? And it they does. made a point of it being like. Like in the trailer, <laughs> they're like, there's a Taylor Swift song. And it worked because I kid you not, a couple times there were people coming in with Taylor Swift t shirts. Oh, man. And I was just confused because I'm like, she's not in the movie. And the song, I do believe, is over the end credits. Oh. So it's not even something intertwined to a montage. Huh. Eye of the Tiger style. Wow. It's just over the end credits. So you could just come in in the last 10 minutes of the movie if you were a Taylor Swift fan and didn't really care about the movie. Right. All right. I mean... That's a bit weird. And I guess we don't know for sure that she's not in it. Maybe she walks by in the background. She could be, yeah. (laughs) Probably not, though. She's in something coming up that I've heard multiple Uh, people say she's really good in. Amsterdam. Amsterdam, yeah. I saw Mike Myers and Chris Rock on talk shows, and they both said, I'm paraphrasing, but they both said, I know she's Taylor Swift, but no, she's actually really good in this. I'm going to say she was not bad in Cats. (laughs) <laughs> like a lot was bad in cats she was not bad that's the closest to a positive review to yeah. put on the poster i'm gonna say i'm upgrading this to she was one of the better parts of cats which again is not really praise gwen didn't come see cats when we had cats Aww, too scary <laughs> and i tell her i was like i know it's cats but i'm so glad to have had that experience mm-hmm. in the mayfair with a group of people <laughs> and we all just shared it and afterwards we were all kind of shell-shocked and yeah. talking about it and it was just one of the weirdest movies ever made by a major studio. I think I saw it twice in theaters because we went to see it on New Year's Day or Christmas Day or something like, around that time. And then it was here afterwards. And I'm pretty sure we came again. Right. Because it's just, oh my God, that moment in the audience when they realize that maybe it's not going to be a great movie is just Well, so and good. a podcast I listen to that I'm sure many of our listeners might listen to called The Flophouse. I think it's out there just available. They did a commentary track for it Hmm. i might be able to trick gwen into watching that i don't know okay (laughs) so it's just the comedians from the flophouse podcast who are notorious for making this really popular show where they just talk about bad movies just doing a commentary track and i think one of the hosts of the flophouse is like i've seen it six times it's his star wars (laughs) yeah it's definitely entertaining i mean it it might be the best idris elba movie but maybe not gosh (laughs) better than dark tower probably i was gonna say it's it's at least better than dark tower but again faint praise again i can't believe we talked so much about cats well here we are okay back to real movies we're screening a really cool movie called eternal spring it's a canadian film oh and it's in this modern 
documentary adjacent kind of genre huh. where it is animated, but it's a documentary. And so it has recreations and actors in it, but it also animates documentary footage. It's about China in 2002 when all kinds of protests and government conflict and police action and all this kind of stuff. And our main character in this documentary is a comic book illustrator who's forced to flee his homeland. Huh. And he's a big shot. He's drawn comic books like Justice League and Star Wars. So it's this weird mix. It won both Best Documentary and Best Canadian Documentary at Hot Docs in Toronto. And it is the movie that Canada is putting forward as their international film at the Oscars. Oh, nice. It looks really cool. I like that it's just weird because when I was a kid, documentaries seemed to be just talking heads and photos. Yeah. And I don't know who gets credit for it, but it's really blurred along the way to become, like last year, the movie that won, did it win Best Documentary and Best International Film? Where it was another movie like this, where it was this weird blur of mm. animation and documentary and everything. Yeah. Now I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, but... I mean, you were here. I can't even remember. Yeah, yeah. You were the one checking off the uh, Oscar list, so you should know. But I know a lot of documentary purists don't like it. They're like, no, it has to be this. But it's this interesting kind of blurring of genre yeah. that I think really makes a documentary very watchable and interesting that you yeah. kind of blur the lines like that. Well, and there's been so many different types of documentaries over the years. It's like, why not shake it up? If it's a good movie, it's a good movie. Who really yeah. cares how they did it? So then, then we're in the trenches of Halloween month. Oh, here we go. Holy cow. So we have the Ottawa premiere of the new Dario Argento movie, Dark Glasses. Oh, yeah. He just announced his new movie. So now I think, I don't know. In my head, that's good for this movie because people yeah. are like, oh, yeah, sweet. I'll go see Dark Glasses. And he's like 100. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even. And his daughter is starring in this one, I believe, as well. And Dark Glasses is a kind of jalo murder mystery horror. Yeah. Even if the trailer right. looks nice and bloody. Yeah, yeah. And he's doing that, you know. And I, and I think it's the point where you know he's not going to put out Suspiria again. It's just one of those things where you're like, you shouldn't expect too much. For me, I'm like, he's still telling stories. That's amazing. He's been touch and go for the last uh Well, that's a lot years. of the backhanded reviews of this movie are <laughs> I feel like... like a jerk even saying all that. It's the best movie in 20 years from Dario Argento and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I saw his Dracula movie, uh, Dracula 3D, a couple of years back, and it was... Dark, Dark Glasses looks pretty good. We'll say Movies that. <laughs> with 3D in the title that are good are few and far in between. Yeah, yeah. Saw 3D, not so good. But no, this looks good. Like, and I mean, yeah, like, I don't What are you expecting at this point? It's, it's Argento it's horror it's got glasses involved you, you know gotta come see it yeah all good things so then another ottawa premiere this week is called piggy oh yeah it's a spanish film an overweight teen is bullied by a clique of cool girls and then her long walk home will change the rest of her life it's been compared to carrie and texas chainsaw massacre yeah i think it's a I don't know, a revenge film? <laughs> yeah, like it kind of looked like, like the poster kind of seems like she'll probably end up hacking up somebody. I mean, maybe I'm misreading that. But... Yeah, I think it's like a Mean Girls revenge movie. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, you know, on the one hand, you're like, ah, bullying. But then you're like, ah, revenge. Right, yeah, but... a, a website that I've stumbled on, basically thanks to Rotten Tomatoes, makes life easier to find those five-star reviews yeah. by scrolling through Rotten Tomatoes. But a website that I've actually read a bunch because of this called Black Girl Nerds. Hmm. Gave it five stars and called it a classic teen slasher with more to offer. A visceral blend of Carrie and Texas Chainsaw. 
Ooh, visceral. Lee really liked it. Yeah, that, you know, so I mean, that's already co-signed. Now, I've been hearing good things about it. Like, looks, you know, looks good for October type stuff. And then speaking of, we have the 4K restoration of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ah. So this week is kind of packed, but we have a couple of screenings of Piggy, a couple of screenings of Texas Chainsaw, a couple of screenings of Dark Glasses. Man. And sometimes that just happens where if Piggy had been available later, but we kind of got to screen it now. Yeah. It means kind of two screenings apiece, which is still not bad. This Texas Chainsaw is, I believe, the first time we're screening this 4K restoration. The last time we screened this was, what, God, the 40th anniversary or yeah, something like, like that? Because I think it was a 2K restoration. Hilarious. Or, uh, years back. Next I remember to that was 6K. Yeah, like because that was a big deal. I remember because I'm pretty sure I have that one. And then Lee upgraded to the 4K. Somehow I ended up with the Blu-ray of the 4K because he wanted the 4K of the 4K or something like, some, so something like that. For me, I got the free copy of the 4K, so that, that yeah. was good. But yeah, no, this obviously one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Top 10 for me, for sure. Beautiful shots. Like, I mean, you could, it's just like talking about like Hellraiser or something. Like, you're like, oh yeah, I can just talk about all the great stuff about it. But, you know, you've probably already seen it. You know it's good. Yeah, if you've seen it and love it, you're coming back. And if yeah. you haven't seen it, you've heard about it, and you've got to see it on the big screen. And I think, you know, we probably will get a bunch of Carlton first year types oh, that yeah. have never seen it, or certainly not on the big screen. And do remember, folks, there's no rating system in Ontario anymore. Oh, that's true. So if you're eight years old, come on in and see Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And this movie it was literally taken off screens in Ottawa and like banned in yeah. Ottawa briefly. The police literally showed up to Ottawa theaters and took the reels away with them. I, that's one of the coolest stories, I think. And they can't do that anymore. No, well, I mean, we, <laughs> they can't, we got a couple of backup Blu-rays and stuff. They can't stop us now. But it's really one of those movies that keeps coming back. I like the new stuff, but I think it's interesting that John Larroquette has a relationship with this movie where he keeps doing the voiceover again mm -hmm. and again. Because I think he did it for the Michael Bay one. Yeah. And for the new one. Yeah, he did it for one... I don't, I don't know. Did he do it for the new one, too? Because I know he did it for one... Like, And I think it was Leatherface or... No, Texas Chainsaw 3D. Yeah. I think he did it for that one. They we gotta we get were just him talking about 3D. In the movie. Yeah. Even just for a cameo. Get him to be, like, killed five minutes into the movie. Yeah. Because he's still out there. He's working. He's still doing stuff. Yeah, I get, he likes doing voices, I guess. I mean, that's fair. And probably I'm, easy. Probably like, yeah, one day, give me a paycheck. Man, and I'm going to say, unpopular opinion, but I loved the new one. Like, I did too. I loved it, and I do not understand the hate. It's just like if there were any complaints about the new Hellraiser, which I haven't seen yet. There's so many sequels that are not good. Yeah. That <laughs> I'm just like, when you have one that's like, oh no, it's gory and good kills and cool locations and a good ending. Like, oh, I, I wonder if it. some of it is the same as... Some horrible American politician just came out and was mad that the new Star Trek is too woke. And I'm like, have you ever watched Star Trek? <laughs> Star Trek has been woke since 1966. Yeah, it's true. That's Proudly. his whole shtick. Yeah, I don't know. I'm glad I didn't see that. But, uh, you know, I'm not <laughs> yeah. shocked at this point. I'm just like, just enjoy what you enjoy and tune out anyone who doesn't enjoy it. And then we have, so that's six movies. But then we have a couple more because we have one night only things. Nice. We have... Monster Pool, Chapter 666. Oh, right. And I think this was the last thing that almost played before we shut down the first time. Yeah, so they're back and here, and it's, I believe it's about 100 minutes of short, Ottawa-produced horror. All right. Which is great. I did something similar years ago in the good old days. It's just, it's a lot of work. Oh, I just yeah. fully admit, I just, I didn't have the time to keep doing it. Because it's not just saying, hey, people send me movies. You've got to look at a bunch of movies. You got to make yeah. sure the quality's okay. You got to put them all together. You got to wrangle the filmmakers. You got to book the event. So kudos to the folks still doing this because I'm sure everyone doing this has 
other jobs and commitments. So to put together an annual one-day festival is really cool. And it's all local filmmakers and actors. And it does good for the Mayfair Mm -hmm. because if you've done a short film, and I'm sure he's letting the filmmakers and stuff in for free, but then mom and dad and boyfriends and girlfriends and friends are all coming. Mm -hmm. So it's a great night for the Mayfair. Yeah, I've always wanted to participate, but just it's when you have a full-time life, it's kind of hard to wrangle all the people that try to do it, let alone write a script and all that. So yeah, I have a lot of respect for the people who actually do this year after year. You got to get a big head start. And if you can, write around something you have. Right. If you have somebody with a farmhouse, if you have somebody with a cool car, if you have somebody- A movie theater. A movie theater, exactly. (laughs) And then- you got to be like Lee and film every Sunday for a little while. Shorts are easier because yeah. it's only going to be five minutes, ten minutes. But yeah, so looking forward to that. Having Monster Pool back on screen, that's always fun. Yeah. And then finally, this is hot off the presses. Oh, boy. So we knew that Saturday Morning Cartoons was upcoming Okay. on October 15th at 10 a.m. Nice. The podcast will be up before then for sure, at latest on Friday. So you still have time to come and see it. For sure. It is going to be a Halloween special. Okay, perfect. That happened today. I had a backup just in case. We're sitting on one. We have one that we didn't screen during COVID. (laughs) From so long ago. So that will screen sooner or later, but it's good to have that backup. This same person, who's a new person organizing these cartoons for us, because speaking of, the person who did it before just became busy. She's really cool. Uh, Yeah, she's like an award-winning filmmaker now. Like, I mean... (laughs) Yeah, look up Kirla Janice. She's directing documentaries, writing books, going to film festivals. So she got too busy and basically contacted us and was like, I'm passing it off to someone I know. Here you go. See you later. So this is a Halloween program. He might actually have a Christmas program as well, which would then push back this other one further. (laughs) That's good, though. It's good to have one in the chamber just in case. So I never like spoiling the surprise of what is in the cartoons, but, you know, Take a guess at some of the things that might be in a Saturday morning Halloween-themed cartoon collection, and some of that's in there. Heathcliff. I don't know. Heathcliff. Heathcliff do I don't know if he did a Halloween one. And so, yeah. So as we speak, that is being downloaded, and we're good to go. Tomorrow, I'm going with my friend to buy 90 boxes of cereal. All right. And so that's all good to go. We still got a bunch of spoons and bowls <laughs> God. feel free to bring your own bowl as we always say not a salad bowl come yeah. on people and they're not the spoons from the ground from the room screenings no so don't, we would never do that i said that to candy bar sarah and she <laughs> laughed and it was like oh imagine that just like introducing the cartoons and being like and everybody environmentally friendly these are all spoons recycled from the room yeah you're welcome <laughs> they're literally from this room the floor <laughs> yeah but that'll be fun I think we've already sold a couple hundred advanced tickets online. Oh, man. I didn't so know that was In the next thing. few days, who knows? I would love to sell out before we even hit Saturday. That'd yeah. be nice. So. No, that'd be huge. I'm definitely excited about that. Yeah. My nieces are coming. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and a couple friends, too. So it's, it's always an awesome time. Get here early. We'll try to open up even a little bit earlier than normal just so people can start getting their seat and cereal and all that stuff yeah so 9 30 for sure but maybe 9 15 exactly yeah yeah yeah. you never know so yeah there's always a lineup so that's good for us yeah so that's it that's like a crazy halloween week for halloween month where we have two ottawa premieres in dark glasses and piggy texas chainsaw a short film festival in monster pool and cartoons that's huge it's a lot to see 
I've been very busy. I watched, well, you and I watched Basket Case a couple of months, oh, yeah. weeks, yeah. months. I don't have a sense of time. But so I watched two and three for my viewings. And Emily, I just threw on part three because she still happened to be there but was ready to go to bed. She watched the whole movie, wow. first of all. Second of all, she really liked it. Whoa. She was like, oh, yeah, I really like Basket Case 3. Like, I'm <laughs> still, I can't get over it. So I just, I had to share that. Frank Henenlotter would be so stoked to hear that, that my wife, who is not into that kind of thing, I'm still reeling. I'll be I'm sprung for years over this. I forget, does it have as much ear-piercing horrible screams as no. the first movie no 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 it's nothing like that's the thing like it reminded me the first one's almost like child's play and then two and three are more like bride of chucky okay so it's like yeah. that kind of they're a lot more like fun a bit silly but just lots of lots of creatures and stuff like that and just fun it's so unexpected i'm just still i'll never get over it. i asked her again the next morning i was like you said <laughs> you liked it right she's like i really liked it i'm like oh my god i can't do with this you gotta like buy her a shirt yeah she's all in on belial and, <laughs> and the gang you know cool well, yeah, so we're going to wrap things up. A busy week. We hope you can all drop by and catch some movies on our screen. Thanks for listening. You can find updates on these and other movies at mayfairtheater.ca and on all the social medias. And we'll be back next week with more Halloween month stuff to talk about. Hooray. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Oh, my uh, 19-year-old friend finished watching the Star Wars movies for the first time. Oh, yeah. Favorite, Revenge of the Sith. Did not like Last Jedi, unfortunately, but loved Rise of Skywalker. What a twist. Yeah, right? <laughs> Nobody expected that. Not even me. This is the movie that Rex Reed called the most horrifying motion picture I have ever seen. This film is positively ruthless in its attempt to drive you right out of your mind. It accomplishes everything it sets out to do with brilliance and unparalleled terror. This is the horror movie to end them all. Sally, I hear something. Stop! Stop! This is the movie Rex Reed called the most horrifying motion picture I have ever seen. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre from New Line Cinema.